Welcome to Battle Prowess and Political Savvy of Antiquity. I am Grant, and today's episode is um, Seleucus I Nicator. Yes, it's Nicator, not Nicator, as I infamously said in my season one introduction. I'm sorry about that mispronunciation. I hope to try my. Uh, I hope to get all the pronunciations right the next time. Uh, the next times around. But it is pretty hard because some of these Greek and Roman, uh, some of these Greek words are kind of hard to say. But I will try my best, and if there's any, and if I uh, pronounce anything wrong, please tell me. So now, without further ado, let's begin our first episode. Let's start off with his early life. We do not know much on, of, of Seleucus' early life, but what we do know is that he was born around 358 BCE near uh, the town of Europus in central Macedon. He was, two, he was about two years older than Alexander the Great, and he shared a name with his grandfather, also named Seleucus. His dad was named Antiochus, and his mom was named Laodice. He had one sister named Didymea. But Roman historian Justin says that Laodice uh, claimed that she had gotten pre- uh, pregnant by the god Apollo. Another interesting thing is that Laodice noticed an anchor-shaped birthmark on one of Seleucus's thighs. The anchor would become the main Seleucid symbol later. His dad, Antiochus, was a general who served under Philip II and who, hap- and who happens to be the dad of Alexander the Great. That's basically what we know about his childhood. Now let's talk about how he, uh, what he did during Alexander's campaigns in Persia, India, and Egypt. When, Alexa- when uh, Seleucus was leaving for Persia with Alexander, his mom gave him a, ri- uh, gave him a ring that revealed to Seleucus his divine origin. Seleucus uh, would not be an important part of Alexander's um, campaigns until his uh, conquest of India. So let's briefly go over his uh, the the um his role in the conquest of Persia. Seleucus was one of, and I will probably put butcher this pronunciation, Samatophylakes, Alexander's elite bodyguards, a very prestigious pos- position, being so close to Alexander. These elite often men, these elite uh, young men were often more than just guards. They were the new genera- generation, replacement for older figures like Parmenion, Clytus, and Antipater among of whom were supporters of Philip during his wars. Seleucus was relatively irrelevant for Alexander's conquest of, uh, until India, though. But after his capture of, um, Sog- of Sogdiana and Alexander's marriage to Roxana, the, Sog- uh, the, the daughter of the Sogdian baron Oxyartes, uh, who ruled the Sogdian rock fortress, which Alexander had to make his men climb up, um, Alexander had an idea to marry all of his men to, uh, to Persian wives. Seleucus would marry Apama during Alexander's uh, mass marriage of the Macedonian soldiers and generals to the Persians. He would remain. He was the, however, he was the only one who would remain loyal uh, to his uh, wife. He becomes important at the Battle of the Hydaspes in India, where Seleucus uh, would command the Hypastpists, which were spearmen. Not phalangites, which were the main body of Macedonian infantry. They had shorter uh, spears, larger um, shields, and uh, were mo- more mobile. Their role of the battle was to protect the more bulky phalangites' flank, thus meaning that they were more, more mobile and, uh, th- than the almost unmaneuverable phalanx and had to move to protect the phalanx's flanks. They played a very important role in the battles. At the Hydaspes, Alexander uh, fought against the fierce Rajap Horus 
and, um, and his famous Indian war elephants. The battle happened between an army of superior quality and quantity of infantry and cavalry, but Horus had the defensive advantage being across the large river, and he also had his war elephants. Plutarch also said that Horus had 1,000 chariots. Both armies were between 22,000 and 54,000, which I know is very vague, but also it should take into account that ancient sources should be take, taken with many grains of salt. The battle was decisive. Though Porus was Alexander's most worthy opponent, his army was annihilated, and Alexander's army was relatively unscathed. When Alexander arrived in Susa two years later, that was where the wedding between the Persians and Macedonians were. Then they marched to Babylon, where Alexander partied and drank and made plans for a conquest of Carthage, the great city in Africa. But in uh, 223 BCE, Alexander died. Immediately, men began jockeying for position. The infantry commander Meliager supported Philip Arhadias, Alexander's brother-in-law. Ptolemy secured his satrapy of Egypt. Craterus led a force of Macedonia, a large force of Macedonians, back to Europe. The viceroy of Macedon, Antipater, started to fight with not with the Greek city-states. Lysimachus secured the region of Thrace. Leonidas secured northwest Asia Minor. And the Greek general Eumenes and the Macedo- and uh, Leonatus, as well as the Macedonian general. Antigonus, who will be very important later, campaigned in the region of Cappadocia. Alexander's second in command, Perdiccas, who uh, supported to be the regent of Roxana's baby, the soon-to-be Alexander IV. To make things even more confusing, Alexander also had an illegitimate son named Heracles. Heracles, Meliager, and Leonatus are unimportant in the story because they will die pretty soon. But Perdiccas, so they decided that Perdiccas would be the regent for Philip III and Alexander IV. Seleucus was given command of the famous uh, companion cavalry for Perdiccas. Perdiccas finally decided to send Alexander's body back to Macedon, but Ptolemy stole it and moved it to Egypt for his legitimacy. This, along with the killing of Cleomenes, the co-ruler of Egypt appointed by Perdiccas, led Perdiccas to declare war on Ptolemy, starting the wars of the Diadochoi. Antipater, Craterus, and Antigonus joined forces uh, and then joined Ptolemy, and in 322, they declared war on Perdiccas over a marriage dispute. Just a year after Alexander's death, the first war of the Diadochoi was in full swing. Eumenes and Perdiccas's brother, uh, and Perdiccas's brother, who refused to agree, uh, listen to the Greek Eumenes, uh, were, held off, uh, were, were to hold off the uh, Antipatrid coalition, while Seleucus would go with per, uh, Perdiccas to Egypt. Eumenes won his battle, killing his rival and the traitor, Neoptolemus in single combat, also killing the popular commander Craterus in a smashing victory, while Perdiccas failed to cross the Nile and lost thousands to the river. Perdiccas' senior officers, unsatisfied with his job as a ruler and a general, joined in a conspiracy against him. Seleucus was one of the men in his group. They assassinated Perdiccas and ended the war with Ptolemy and Antipater. Antipater was the new regent of the empire. Only Eumenes stay, stayed and was crushed by Antigonus and forced to flee. The year was 319 when Antipater suddenly died at the age of 81, which was very old for that time. Like, very, very old. He, uh, he left Polyperchon, a general, as his heir. Polyperchon allied with Olympias, Alexander's mother, and some unimportant generals. Cassander, Antipater's son, felt disinherited and so joined uh, and so joined by Ptolemy, Antigonus, and Lysimachus, declared war on Polyperchon. Polyperchon 
joined, joined by Iparus and Eumenes, was beaten, but Olympias, Philip III, and Eumenes were all killed. Seleucus played a minor role in the conflict. He was the satrap of Babylonia, which was a very important province, and the, uh, the defeated general Python came to Babylon with a battered army. Seleucus himself had almost no soldiers, and Eumenes passed right through Babylon, only to be sold out by his own men during, during a battle. After the war, Antigonus became very powerful, too powerful. He basically controlled Alexander's entire empire. He installed Python, uh, Python as satrap of Babylonia, and Seleucus was forced to exile to e uh, was forced to flee to Egypt. There he became an admiral in the very powerful Ptolemaic navy. Two years after his exile, uh, the uh, the squabbling continued with Ptolemy with Seleuc uh, with Seleucus. The con uh, squabbling continued. Ptolemy with Seleucus, Lysimachus, and Cassander joined to declare war against Antigonus. This would be the situation until 301, after the Battle of Ips until the Battle of Ipsus. Polypercon and Antigonus's generals secured southern Greece, except for the Spartans' holds on Laconia, and prepared to fight the Macedonian general uh, Antigonus prepared to fight the Macedonian general Asander. Antigonus uh, joined Polypercon. Antigonus uh, left his son Demetrius to control the east while he fought Asander, and he and, uh, Antigonus beat Asander and took over the remainder of Asia Minor. Seleucus and Ptolemy. defeated Demetrius at Gaza. Also, Pathon, the new uh, sat satrap of Babylonia, died at Gaza, leading Seleucus to return to Babylon. At the same time, Cassander killed Roxana and Alexander IV. The situation at the end of the war was that uh, Antigonus now uh, only ruled Syria, Quili Syria, Phoenicia, and Asia Minor. Seleucus ruled not just Babylon, but almost everything east of that. The Babylonian, uh, the third war of the Diadochoi began not, uh, not, was not over, and, and Antigonus wanted to secure the eastern satrapies and continued fighting with Seleucus. But Antigonus's power is now at a waning scale, and the Babylonian war would not help. The vastly outnumbered Seleucus led a very successful campaign against Antigonus in Babylon. The war ended with a Seleucid victory and a confirmation of Seleucus's control over the eastern satrapies, and it effectively started the Seleucid Empire. After the Babylonian War, the Diadochoi would have a temporary peace. But a peace will not last. It's the Diadochoi, after all. They keep on warring until, there's, uh, until it goes to the strongest, as Alexander said. Or maybe he said two Quiteros. I don't know. We won't know. Either way, he made a very terrible succession plan. After, during the temporary peace, Seleucus would do a lot. First, he founded Seleucia on the Tigris, which would succeed as uh, Babylon as the empire's main city. Because his uh, eldest uh, son Antiochus moved the Babylonians to Seleucia, I will call I, I will call it Seleucia on the Tigris because there are many Seleucias. Uh, there, there are many Seleucias. Actually, there are uh, eight other Seleucias other than the one on the Tigris. Seleucus, like Alexander the Great, named Me uh, Philip II and Ptolemy the First of Egypt, named a lot of cities after himself. There are also sixteen Antiochs. Uh, eight other Seleucias and six Laodiceas in the empire. The city was the Seleucids' imperial first imperial capital, replaced later by Antioch on the Orontes and uh, the unofficial Lysimachia. 
at its height, it had 600,000 residents, making it equal to Alexandra, Alexandria in size, and one of the greatest, and undoubtedly one of the, ancient, of the greatest cities in the ancient world. After that, he secured the eastern provinces even more, but when he finally reached India, he was stopped by Sandrakotis, or Chandragupta, the king and founder of the Maurya, of the Maurya Empire. Chandragupta, fresh off his conquest of northern India, uh, gave Seleucus a good fight, and Seleucus probably lost the fight, because he gave Chandragupta all of India and the Punjab. This included the important cities of Alexandria on the Arabian Sea, Alexandria on the Indus, Kandahar, Patala, and Takshila. The other part of the deal was a marriage alliance, a peace agreement, and Seleucus getting many hundreds of war elephants, which would be very important at Ipsus. But he still got on the losing side, because, probably because, Chandragupta had thousands of war elephants, not hundreds, thousands. While Seleucus was getting a beaten by Chandragupta, Ptolemy was off uh, trying to take Cyprus in securing the Aegean, while Antigonus restarted the war by sending Demetrius to conquer Greece. Demetrius was successful and took As uh, Athens, but Demetrius had to stop uh, had to leave to stop Ptolemy from taking Cyprus. He decisively defeated Ptolemy's great navy at Salamis. This uh, this is ironic because two decisive naval battles happened at places of the same name, like the Salamis, where the Greek navy defeated the Persian navy. Um, anyway, Antigonus then tried and failed to invade Egypt due to a lack of supplies, but now Seleucus was arriving with his armies. Before that, there was the long siege of Rhodes, which was which had t uh, two minor things, but they are very important, but at the same time not. Demetrius um, uh, held off all the reinforcements sent by the allies until Rhodes made a deal with Antigonus and Demetrius. Two minor things happened after this. The Colossus of Rhodes, a large statue uh, of a god, was built by Charis, Charis, sorry, I probably mispronounced that, of Lindos, and Ptolemy earned the title Soter for his helping, uh, or savior, for the help he gave Rhodes. Meanwhile, back in Greece, Cassander put Athens under siege, and he captured the Greek island of Salamis, which was where the famous naval battle happened. But Demetrius uh, freed an ally to Aetolia, Boeotia, and Euboea. Demetrius continued by conquering the Peloponnese, and he recreated the League of Corinth under Antigonid domination. He then pushed Cassander into Thessaly and invaded Thessaly, but he had to return because Lysimachus and Seleucus were invading uh, Antigonus's Asian possessions. Before we discuss the famous Battle of Ipsus, I want to talk about Demetrius Polyarchites. He reminds me of Napoleon a lot. He's a young and talented commander who wins great battles. He fights large alliances and is defeated in his invasion of Babylonia, or in Napoleon's case, Russia, which makes him lose a lot of his empire. But he fights back skilled, uh, still, and is very skilled. Uh, then the coalition defeats him at Ipsus, or in Napoleon's case, Leipzig. He, then he loses his empire and is basically exiled to Macedon, or Elba in Napoleon's case, and then returns, uh, and then returns uh, to fight back, but loses again. And now he's finally exiled to Seleucus's court, or in, or in Napoleon's case, Saint Helena, where he will die. He is a true general on level with Seleucus, Philip, and even Alexander the Great. Anyway, back to the Battle of Ipsus. Plutarch states that Antigonus had 70,000 infantry and 10,000 cavalry, as well as 75 war elephants, while the, the uh, coalition of Seleucus, Cassander, and Lysimachus had 64,000 infantry, 15,000 cavalry, and 400 war elephants, as well as 120 scythed chariots. So the alliance clearly had the advantage, with the, their chariots 
superior elephants, and more cavalry. 6,000 phalangites wouldn't do much, well, 6,000 infantry, because the Macedonian army also had lots of light infantry, wouldn't do much against war elephants. And uh, both sides knew the battle would have grave consequence, uh, would have grave tactical and strategical effects. The battles, the battles set up with Antigonus commanding most of the Antigonid army, and Demetrius uh, commanding the, the large body of cavalry on his left flank. On the on the right flank, Seleucus on the allied right flank, Seleucus. Sorry, on the allied army, Lysimachus commanded most of the, uh, most of the forces, but in reserve, Seleucus and about three hundred war elephants were kept. And meanwhile, Seleucus's oldest son, Antiochus, commanded the cavalry on the left, and would uh, get some very valuable battle experience, which will be very important later. The battle began with. Antigonus and Lysimachus fighting a slogging match with no clear winner, but then Demetrius charged his cavalry and crushed Antiochus. Not a great battle for Antiochus, I see. Demetrius chased his uh, Demetrius chased Antiochus far away. When Demetrius tried to return and flank the allied phal- uh, phalangites, he was blocked by hundreds of Seleucus's war elephants, thus separating Antigonus from Demetrius. While Demetrius uh, held. While Demetrius was held off, Antigonus's right flank was exposed. The phalanx, uh, the phalanxes collided in a very chaotic battle. Antigonus tried to rally his men, but an allied skirmisher uh, threw a javelin at him, killing him. This led to the subsequent, descript- the subsequent destruction of order amongst, amongst the Antigonid line and the slaughter of the, of the Antigonid army. Just like that, the battle was over. An unknown number, but probably smaller number, of allies were dead. Antigonus lost all of his elephants, 6,000 cavalry, and 65,000 infantry, and himself. Demetrius uh, and his 9,000 men slowly withdrew back to Macedon. The battle was crushing. Demetrius not only uh, had, a, had a loose hold on parts of Europe, and the, but the Antigonid army was virtually destroyed. Antigonus's empires di- divided up. Lysimachus uh, became the ruler of Asia Minor, but it was the, but his kingdom was called Thrace because Thrace was his original province. The Seleucid Empire got Syria and half of Cilicia. Cassander got Greece and Macedon, while Ptolemy got the other half of Cilicia, Cyprus, Le- Lycia, which was a region of southern Anatolia, the Aegean Sea, and Koili Syria, a region uh, a region in southern Syria and modern day Lebanon as well as Phoenicia, which was the coast of modern-day Lebanon, and northern uh, Israel. But Seleucus was not happy about what Ptolemy got. He did not contribute, uh, deserve it at all. He had done almost nothing in the war other than send a navy to get sunk. He had not contributed enough to get, what, uh, to get the most out of the war. And Seleucus made demands of what territory he wanted. Though the Seleucids would all get uh, what Ptolemy got from the war and more later, After Ipsus, Ptolemy and Lysimachus made a marriage alliance, so Seleucus tried to do the same with Demetrius. At around the time of the Battle of Ipsus, Seleucus' first wife, Apama, died. They had three children, Antiochus, Achaeus, or Caius, and a young daughter, also named Apama. Seleucus, hearing about the marriage between Ptolemy and Lysimachus, made a similar offer to Demetrius, and married his uh, young daughter, who was 40 years younger than him, named Stratonike. Other than that, Seleucus did a lot, and a lot happened. 
Sir Lucas, who believed himself to be son of a god, named many things after his patron deity, Apollo. He also turned the new region of uh, his new region of Syria into the core of the empire. The famous imperial, imperial capital, Antioch, or Antioch on the Orontes, was built, as was Seleucia Pyra, Apamea and the Orontes, and Laodicea and Seleucia. I will call them the Big Four, though, because that name's pretty cool. It's also, also the Big Four is a um, basketball thing in the NCAA. But anyway, back to um, ancient history. Meanwhile, in Macedon, in 298 BCE, the king Cassander died, and his son Alexander V took over. But he was not a capable king by any means. The famous king of Epirus, Pyrrhus, invaded up a part of Macedon called Ambrachia and uh, captured it. Demetrius had had enough. He invaded Macedon and killed Alexander, but a skilled and savvy purist ousted him from power and took over Macedon, leaving his son Antiochus Gonatos in charge of the Corinthian League in the south of Greece. Demetrius, whose alliance with Seleucus had soured uh, sent, uh, since the marriage alliance, tried invading the east but failed and was captured. He died in a Seleucid court in Apamea. Lysimachus was allied with Ptolemy and Pyrrhus. But he was desperate for power. He even killed his own son, Agathocles. That and other things persuaded Seleucus to go to war with Lysimachus. Seleucus also at that time had appointed Antiochus as co-ruler and a regent and sent him east to rule the upper satrapies, which were Bactria, Persia, Media, and Sogdiania. In 281 BCE, Seleucus and his large empire faced the quote-unquote Thracian army under Lysimachus at, Cor- uh, at Corpedium. Despite, having a lar- uh, despi- despite being a large and important battle, we have o- little to no information on the fight. All we really know is that Seleucus won and Lysimachus died. After taking uh, Ly- the Lysimachid uh, kingdom in Asia Minor and, uh, and crossing over into Thrace, Seleucus was uh, a popular ruler, too. He was hailed as liberator by some. Now there is nothing standing in the way of Seleucus the, uh, to unite the Diadochoi. What, uh, who, what, Pyrrhus, who was barely holding on to Macedon and was about to go to war with both Rome and Sparta? Let's just say there is a reason it's called a Pyrrhic victory. Believe it or not, his assassin was not, uh, was not, was not, a, uh, was not an enemy. But a, but a son of Ptolemy in his court, Ptolemy Caranus, a jealous little boy who would soon become king of Macedon, but the Celtic chief Brennus would kill him in battle and invaded Greece. He was jealous of Seleucus's conquests, so a few months after crossing the Hellespont, uh, Caranus assassinated Seleucus, ending one of the greatest men to ever conquer half of the known world. To me, he was more worthy than Alexander to rule the empire. Now it's time to rate Seleucus on how he did as a ruler. Believe, uh, believe me, this is not the first time someone has tried something like this. There are so many other podcasts like this. One's about the rulers of Persia. There's the rulers of France, Russia, the United States presidents, the Roman emperors, I think they have one. There's also one on other successors of Alexander. Anyway, let's start off with our first category, battle prowess. I'm rating this out of 20. How did Seleucus do as a commander? He did really well. I wouldn't give him a 20 because he wasn't perfect, but he did do very well. I'm not going to, I'm probably going to go with eh, 
a 17 because he did lose pretty badly in Andy against Chandragupta. And he also maybe tried to invade Cappadocia and maybe failed. Um, so I think 17 would be good. Now let's move on to political savvy out of 20. So we don't really hear much about political savvy. But we can pretty much assume if he like almost reunited Alexander's empire and made all these alliances and stuff, he was a pretty savvy man. I'm going to go 15. That seems pretty fair. Affection, effect on the kingdom. Well, he created it, he built it up, and he left it stable. I'm going to go 10 out of 10 because, I mean, why not? Effects on the world out of 20. Well, this one's tough because... If we're talking about, like, the Hellenistic world or, the, like, the known world, it's pretty high. But if we're talking about, like, the actual world, ah, no, I'm just going to go with, like, the known world. For the Hellenistic age, he had almost an infinite effect. He built this massive beast of an empire that would challenge almost everyone who tried to become a massive power. Such as the Ptolemies, Macedon, Rome, blah, 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 many more. Ah. But, I mean, other than that... Well, no, there was a lot of stuff other than that, actually. He founded great new cities. Seleucia on the Tigris would become the leader of Parthian and Sassanid capital Ctesiphon and would be near Baghdad. Antioch on the Orontes, it would be a major city in the Roman Empire. And, um, uh, and it's still today, it is the large city of Antioch in Turkey. So, also his systems did help a lot in the future. But, uh, I'm gonna go... 18 out of 20? Okay. So, uh, next one, death. Well, if you're assassinated, it must mean you're doing something wrong. So Lucas really did nothing wrong, though. He, like, Ptolemy, was je- Ptolemy Caranus was just jealous. But he also wanted power. Um, I'm gonna go... Since he was assassinated, I'm gonna go 3 out of 5. But since it was Ptolemy Caranus, who's, like, kind of... He's, he's Ptolemy Caranus. Then we have a bonus, upbringing. Was he some peasant who took a rag, ta- who, who somehow inherited a ragtag little kingdom and turned it into one of the most unstoppable powerhouses? Or was he a rich little bo- uh, boy, a w- rich little prince who took over a very powerful empire and turned it into this weak monstrosity? Well, I'm going to go. Since he was technically the son of a general, but, I mean, you have to say, he did go from being an admiral in exile to, like, ruling basically the whole empire. Um, I'm gonna go three out of five. So, that is, okay, Battle Palace, 17. Political Savvy, 15. So, that's 32. Affection on the Kingdom, 10. Effects on the World, 18. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so right now, out of the, uh, uh, out of 70, he's at He's at 60 out of 70. That's pretty good. Oh, I missed the biggest category. I'm so sorry. Success. Was he successful at what he did? Well, he succeeded in a lot. He didn't rebuild Alexander's empire. He didn't conquer India. He did lose a lot of land. He was exiled. So so for success, uh, I'm going to go 20. Since, I mean, he did, like, turn, he did go from, like, an exiled admiral to, like, the governor of Babylon to, like, basically the king of the old Persian Empire. I'm going to go 20 for success. So that brings his score up to 80, plus there's 4 for death and 3 for upbringing. 
So Lucas's total score is 87 out of 100, which is really high. I mean, considering the stakes. Like, let me just tell you, in this podcast, there's going to be no perfect scores. I can assure you. He's probably going to be one of the highest we ever see. Uh, and, spoiler alert, he's going to be the highest in the Slukid Empire. Because their kings were ba- most of their kings were basically just dunces. Except for every so often they'd have a pretty good king or two. Like Antiochus III and the fourth. Oh, I'm not going to spoil stuff, actually. I should probably stop talking now. Okay, so 87 out of 100. Is he a loser? Or is he the Imperator? He is an Imperator. No doubt about it. He is not a loser. He, he basically rebuilt the Persian Empire out of what? A little, like, Babylon? I don't know. He, he deserves to be an Emperor. Thank you for listening, and uh, and I hope to, I hope that you listen to my next episode. Antiochus the First Soter, Seleucus's oldest son, who he mentioned uh, at, uh, twice. Once as being his uh, as being the regent and co-ruler in the east, and the other time when he got destroyed at the Battle of Ipsus. So I hope you'll join me next time. If there's any need for clarification on like geography, I can do an episode on that too. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening.